Hey guys, welcome back to the Ace Podcast. I am your host, Darren Joe. Thank you so much for listening. I'm actually in Nha Trang on the south central coast of Vietnam. It's a beach town. I'm here to do my annual review and, and planning for 2021. But before I get started with this episode, I just want to share a quick story. During the pandemic, I started to play a lot of Settlers of Catan. Do you guys know this game? <laughs> it's one of the most popular board games of the past few decades, invented by a German man named Klaus Tuber. That's my German for you. But it's a really just amazing game of, of strategy and negotiation where you basically are building roads, settlements, and cities to earn points and to be the first person to 10 points. And you're acquiring five different types of resources to do this, whether they're sheep, wool, rock, brick, or wood. Um, and you trade them with your opponents to see you know, who can build uh, the most settlements and cities to, to get those 10 points first. At one point during the pandemic, I realized I had been playing, I'd played 150 hours of Catan within five weeks. <laughs> so yeah, it was borderline unhealthy, obsessive perhaps, but hey, I needed to let off some steam. Uh, it's a very social game. You can play with your friends. It's a great way to, to spend some time together and to compete and have fun and to, to sharpen your brain. After like the first week or so of playing so much Catan online, I realized that I was hurrying from game to game because each game lasts about 30 to 45 minutes. It's super intense. You're super into the game. You're thinking the whole time. And then because you mess up or one of your opponents is a total idiot and he makes the wrong move or you press the wrong button and you know you make the wrong trade or whatever it is, you lose the game. And that's a significant chunk of time of life <laughs> that you've lost. And you're just so pissed off or frustrated that you just wanna play another game, right? It's just like, okay, let me forget about this, let me move on to the next one. But after about 30 hours of playing this game over the course of a week, I realized I was missing the lesson of each game, right? If you're gonna invest that much time and lose, why not learn in your most emotional state, right? Because you're so frustrated or angry. What you could have done better, you know, what mistakes you made with your placement strategy or your execution strategy or your paths to victory, right? Or maybe you made a really dumb trade at the wrong time or played the wrong development card at the wrong time, et cetera, et cetera. So just pausing for three minutes to recap the game, what you did, what your opponents did. And even if you can just pick out one lesson, one lesson from those three minutes, that's gonna serve you for all your next games. After I started doing that, I won more and more games. I got close to the top 200 in the world playing this game. I mean, it's also because I was religiously following a YouTuber named Delighted, um, who I found out is like this Asian college kid <laughs> in the US, but I totally get the whole Twitch thing now and why the younger generation, they just love playing games and like watching their favorite gamers play and commentate while they play. I totally understand that now. Anyways, I think we can take this principle of after you have finished something, you're so close to it, it's so fresh in your mind that that's the best time to pick out the lessons of the experience, right? And I apply this to my day, but I think it can also be applied to your year, right? Doing an annual review. 
while the memories are still fresh, while the experience is still so close to us and we can really feel everything, why not just take a little bit of time to look back and think about what the highlights were, what we could have done more of, what we should do less of, and and how that affects our plan moving forward. So I want to take you through my annual review process. I will list all the questions I mention on this episode in the show notes. You can find them at upstartist.tv slash ace, that's A-S-E slash uh, 2020. So no need to take a lot of notes. You can just go straight to the post and all the questions will be there if you want to use the same ones for your annual review. And so I hope this inspires you to do your own while at the same time, I'm able to share with you guys kind of the, the highs and lows of this past year and how I'm thinking about it. The first step of my annual review process is to data mine the the whole year or to use a map metaphor to kind of map the terrain, right? If I'm an explorer and I'm trying to figure out this new piece of land, I'm I'm gathering data, right? And the way I do this is I go through five or six categories of things. I look at all the books I read, and this is easy for me. I just go to my Amazon page, look at my digital orders, and I can see you know all the books I read. I highlight the ones that were particularly impactful on me. Then I look through my calendar, what I did. Now, what were the events or trips or people or activities that gave me a lot of joy or that moved me? I highlight those. Then I look through all my photos from the past year, and I have iPhotos on Apple, so I just click the little heart sign and so I can see all my favorite photos of the past year. And that's a really quick way to, to know like, okay, what were the events of the past year that really moved you, right? That you were really proud to be a part of or that or were you know really funny or important to you and so forth. And a lot of those were, for me, were like doing two dance performances with my dance crew, 239 Boys. Those were you know memories I'll always look back on uh, with a huge smile. So I go through my photos and videos and favorite them. Then I look through my journals. So I have both an electronic journal and a number of notebooks that I keep uh, around my apartment. And I go through them and I highlight things that I found, whoa, that's really an interesting insight or a recurring theme or events that, that moved me. What I'm looking for is something that, you know, literally moves me right? And Maria Kondo would say, you know, what sparks joy, right? When you touch it, uh, when I'm g- going through my annual review um, and looking through my journal, it's kind of those, those sentences or realizations that make me pause for whatever reason. So I highlight those. So this is how I kind of make sense of what happened over the last year. And this can be done pretty quickly, right? Uh, so again, photos, notes, journals, calendar, and because I'm, I'm such a consumer of books and podcasts, I kind of look at those two categories as well. And I highlight the highlights. Wow, that's great language, Darren. Highlight the highlights. All right, so that's the first step. And then the second step is to make sense of all that data or to use the map metaphor to look at the, the peaks, the valleys. You know, where did I get stuck in quicksand in the past year? Where did I stumble into oases in the middle of the desert. 
I, I look at what were the the few activities that really impacted my happiness or my performance or my my memories of the past year, right? What were those few number of activities, people, and habits that really affected my year in a positive way? And how can I do those more? Then I look at the negative, the same question from the negative point of view. Who were the few people? What were the few activities and habits that I need to do much less that had a really negative impact on my year? And then I look at uh, the third question I ask when I'm sense-making is, you know, what were my faulty assumptions? What didn't I realize? And I think in particular for me, the journal was the best place to do this because keeping a journal and just writing down whatever's on your mind, is kind of the equivalent of someone taking a picture of you when you're not looking. And then you see this picture and obviously you weren't preparing for it or posing. And then you're like, oh man, that's what I really look like. Like my resting face, I look like an asshole. I look like a mean person. Or maybe you never thought you looked this way from a certain angle from behind or whatever. And that's what you learn when you read through all your journal entries. You realize that a lot of the assumptions you had about your year were off the mark. To get more specific, I set three goals for 2020 and I failed all three miserably. (laughs) Uh, I laugh about it to make myself feel better. But yeah, I failed. I, I didn't meet any of those three goals. One of those goals was to get a thousand true fans for the ace podcast and for upstartist tv my blog and by all numbers i failed Uh, i think i have 70 youtube subscribers and maybe 25 people who are signed up on my email list so i'm well short of a thousand well 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 short yeah that has been a bit disappointing and maybe that points to uh, that could be many factors right so you're you're evaluating what progress you made against the goals you set. And maybe it's because, you know, I'm not focused enough on a certain audience or I can make my content more engaging. Maybe I'm not doing a very good job distributing my content and marketing the podcast and and my episodes. It could be, it's probably all three, to be honest. So you can learn some lessons there and change your approach. But also, I realized doing a, a, a data mining, mapping the terrain of my past year that, I recorded 18 ACE episodes. I recorded, I think, 18 Touch MBA episodes. That's for my other business. I wrote 12 blog posts, and I wrote the first draft of a book that I hope to publish soon. So looking back, 2020 was by far my most creatively productive year. I have never produced more (laughs) uh, in my entire life than this year. That's something I think to be proud of, despite my lack of traction that I've gotten with the show and with my website. I also learned another uh, important lesson from this year, which is I haven't made one cent from the podcast or my blog, and that was never really my goal to begin with, but still, it's so much time and effort put into something, and you hope to see some sort of traction, whether that's followers or financially. But yeah, I didn't make one cent, but what? I continue to do this. I continue to go through the pain and slash joy of writing. I love to host the show, and I realize this is something I want to do for the rest of my life. That was a big realization for me, and yeah, moving forward, I can think about other ways and other paths 
to get more distribution or to get paid uh, to host a show. Maybe I can be an employee of someone else who's looking to start a podcast, for example. Again, sometimes your assumptions of how the year went don't match up with with reality or or the real story. Yeah, one more thing I didn't realize while going through my journal is that there were certain patterns that I had never strung together. And I think that's because oftentimes our subconscious is trying to say something, but maybe we don't hear it. But if, you know, over the course of the year, the same theme starts coming up in various forms over and over, you need to pay attention. And it's something I never realized about how many times over the course of the year I was imploring myself to to work with more courage, to bring more courage to my creative work, to my relationships, and um, to my life in general. And so that is going to be one of the main themes uh, moving forward for me. But I would, I would never have realized this if I hadn't gone back to do an annual review. The third step of my process is to plan the next year. What's the path forward? Basically, I come up with a word or theme for the new year. This year, or 2021, uh, that word is going to be uncage. <laughs> uh, I feel so naked right now sharing that. Oh, well. So that word for me is uncaged. And that means to bring, again, more courage, more of a point of view, more fun, more offense, and more of me as a person into, again, my creative work, my relationships, and my life. And because I know that there's always a duality with these sorts of words, an upside and a downside, what is the downside to being, to living uncaged, right? It's more risky and you're more vulnerable. Being in a cage, you're, you're, you're limited, you're trapped, but you also have a defense against the outside world. So at least I can prepare myself for, for these things to be aware of the challenges I'm gonna face, right? Then after the word, I list down three goals because I'm an easily distracted person, so I always make sure I have no more than three goals per time period. And so it's what are those goals, why is this important, and who do I have to be to achieve these goals? Because after all, that's really what we're looking for, right? It's to become more, to live more, to experience more, and to feel a certain way about our lives. So. Who do I have to be to accomplish these goals? I also include that. And then under each of these three goals, I kind of try to look ahead and um, ask some questions that will make me approach these goals in a smarter way. The first question is, what's the one thing I can do towards this goal that makes everything else easier or unnecessary? For example, for one of my goals, which is to grow my audience for my writing and for my hosting, I think that finishing my book will be uh, one thing that will help me a ton because once I have written this book, I'll be able to approach other bloggers in my space and say, look, I wrote this book and I think um, I could help your, your readers or your listeners, you know, can I be on your podcast or I can approach small business publications uh, with some stories because I've written this book. There's more of a reason to, to get more distribution. In other words, okay. The second question I ask is what must you let go or give up? to achieve this goal. And in my younger days, I would pick a goal and then go after it. But I've realized that 
I always have to first let go of something or give up something to make space, to give my life space, enough space so that I can pursue a goal with force. So what must I let go of or give up? And then the third question I ask is, what has to happen for me to feel happy about this goal? So in terms of building my audience, I already talked about the one thing I think I can do to help build more distribution uh, for my show and my writing. What must I let go? I, I wrote down uh, three things, the technical production and design and marketing of each episode takes so much time and it's not really the core of what I'm doing. So maybe I can hire people so I can let go of that part of the work. Maybe I have to let go of some editorial independence to find an audience or niche where I can financially support myself. So maybe I have to lose some of my, my freedom creatively to, to support myself there. Another one is letting go of social media and, and chat apps before lunch. <laughs> Okay, this is a whole another episode, but just that freedom of space and of being focused and unbothered uh, to create is so important, is something I realized. So those are three things I could let go. What has to happen for me to feel happy here? I think it's that I'm disciplined with my output, you know, whether it's on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. And the second thing that would make me happy is I'm disciplined with my outreach for, for distribution and help. I just approach X number of bloggers, approach X number of publications, uh, talk to people who have done it well and learn from what they've done and just be disciplined and organized about it. And if I do those two things and um, I'm still not getting any traction, well, then we'll cross that bridge when I get there, but at least I can feel like I gave it my best shot. So that's an example of how I would break down right one of my goals and try to like think about it from the future. So yeah, that's my process. Oh, and then I take those three goals for 2021 and break them down under each goal. Like what's one thing I want to do for the first quarter to focus on to achieve those goals. For extra credit, I also think it's important, you know, because our lives aren't, we don't live in, in vacuums, right? Our, our work lives are very much affected by what's going on in the world. So at the very minimum, thinking about how your industry is changing, how the technology is changing in your industry, and how maybe the market structure of your industry is changing, I think it's important to think about and have a point of view in terms of where to be, where to best position yourself to, to take advantage of those things. But I'm also you know, thinking about, yeah, so market structures, new technology, demographics, what's happening in the world politically, uh, living abroad as an American, I have to be very conscious of this stuff. But I think business-wise, it's also very important. What were s some of the surprise findings of your year? Maybe there's opportunities to innovate there. So Peter Drucker calls this, you know, looking outside the window. Literally, I have a window right here. <laughs> uh, looking outside the window what has taken place and what the inevitable trends are because of what has happened, uh, I think that's important. So I'm reading um, a couple books by Fried Zakaria on international affairs, you know, 10 Lessons for a Post-COVID World, and also a book by Scott Galloway, the marketing professor at NYU and um, famous podcaster about trends in technology and business. So I'll link to those books if you want to also be more informed about the world moving forward post-COVID. If you have better processes, which I'm sure you do, or really interesting questions about how you look back at your year or 
have any sort of recommendations for books to think about the future trends as well, I'd love to hear them. Again, upstartist.tv slash ace slash 2020. I hope that this review kind of inspires you to do your own. And listen, even if you only spend a day or two days doing this, that's 0.5% of your year, right? That's very small. And like those Catan games, if only I had you know, stopped after each game and learned the lesson before playing the next game, I would have gotten better a lot quicker. So yeah, taking that time to, to self-reflect uh, before moving forward, I hope you all do it. And uh, I just wish you all uh, health and safety in these crazy times. Man, what a year it has been. Just wishing you guys the best. And we'll see you on the next episode of Ace. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please press subscribe and leave us a review on your podcast app. It helps more people discover the show. Also, you can find all the show notes and links mentioned in this episode at upstartist.tv ace. That's A-S-E. Hope to see you there.